the public news service daily newscast for July the 11th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. During its next session, the U.S. Supreme Court will consider the legal validity of the independent state legislature theory. The case could cause a massive power shift in election administration. Broadly, a ruling endorsing the theory could bar state courts from weighing in on federal election policy, including redistricting. Ethan Herrenstein with the Brennan Center for Justice says a previous Supreme Court ruling also blocked federal courts from weighing in on partisan gerrymandering. So in short, if the Supreme Court were to rule for the gerrymanderers in North Carolina, that might mean that state legislatures are free when it comes to congressional elections to gerrymander to their heart's delight and there be no court available to stop them. Proponents of the theory contend the Constitution grants state legislatures broad authority to administer elections, although it also states that, quote, the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations. Herrenstein explains the principle wouldn't shield states from violating other federal election laws and transgressions such as racial gerrymandering could still be prosecuted in federal court. This is Jonah Chester reporting. In a worst-case scenario, the Brennan Center for Justice reports legislatures could use the theory to refuse to certify election results and establish their own slate of presidential electors. And Nebraska now in the third year of a prison overcrowding emergency. In 2020, Nebraska was forced to declare the emergency for violating federal rules limiting populations to 114% of design capacity. Spike Eicholt with the ACLU of Nebraska says the report also confirms that racial disparities exist throughout Nebraska's criminal justice system, which begin long before people end up behind bars. Everywhere from the initial traffic stop to pretrial detention to sentences that are imposed into the prison system. And what you see is that you see an overrepresentation of people of color, particularly black people in the prison system. Black Nebraskans make up just 5% of the state's overall population, but represent more than a quarter of the state's prison population. The agency responsible for managing Nebraska's prison system has repeatedly argued that the only possible answer to overcrowding is for the state to build a new prison. I'm Eric Galatis. Now from The Guardian, a leaked trove of confidential files has revealed... The inside story of how the tech giant Uber flouted laws, duped police, exploited violence against drivers, and secretly lobbied governments during its aggressive global expansion. In a statement responding to the leak, Uber admitted to mistakes and missteps, but said it had been transformed since 2017 under the leadership of its current chief executive. This is PNS. An organization in central New York is getting a funding boost to help workers who are still struggling with the financial effects of the pandemic. The Workers' Center of Central New York says it will use a new grant from the Heal Food Alliance to help with some of the unexpected expenses its members can't cover due to rising costs and transportation issues. Workers' Center Executive Director Jessica Maxwell says the need is great. We see a lot of workers still in really precarious situations, especially affording things like dental care. We just help somebody with some dental expenses, for example. Accessing food pantries. We have a lot of rural members in isolated 
crowded areas and transportation is really expensive right now. Since the pandemic began, the Worker Center has added services such as food delivery. Maxwell says a network of volunteers brings food to about 100 families a month in the Syracuse area who might not otherwise get it. The Heal Food Alliance is a coalition of 55 organizations working to transform food systems to make them more accessible to all. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. And a rare August election is just a couple of weeks away. Ohio voters are encouraged to cast their ballot early. They'll select candidates for the Ohio House and Senate that they want to move on to November's general election. Because of ongoing litigation over redistricting, those state legislative races were not included in the May primary. State Director of All Voting is Local, Kayla Griffin, says all the confusion at the time hindered turnout. We looked at the previous midterm elections for the last three to four cycles, and this one was the lowest that we've seen. That means we're anticipating this August primary will be even lower because it is very hard to turn people out in August. According to Griffin, early vote requests in the May 3rd primary were down 40 percent compared with the 2018 election. This week, early in-person voting at local boards of election runs Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. Mary Sherman reporting. Finally, Nadia Ramagan tells us there's a push for Governor Roy Cooper to adopt new heavy-duty electric vehicle rules by the end of next year. The move comes as the U.S. Supreme Court has set limits on the ability of federal regulators to implement policies to curb greenhouse gas emissions from power plants. Suzanne Merkelson is Director of State Policy and Government Affairs at the commercial vehicle manufacturer Arrival. She says semi and garbage trucks and school buses on the roads spew pollution and have a disproportionate impact on carbon emissions. They make up just 5% of vehicles on the road, but about 24% of all U.S. transportation emissions. So it's really vital that we electrify this sector to improve air quality in our communities. Last month, President Biden released new standards for EV charging stations. This is Mike Clifford, and thank you for starting your week with Public News Service. Member and listener supported, heard on great radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.